A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. Maradona turns like a little eel and comes away from trouble. A little squat man leaves it for dead. There's Beckham, there's the Milan! There's Beckham! Oh, if anybody in world sport knows how to conduct a good old dressing room celebration, it's the Argentinian football team. They were lepping around the place for more than an hour last night. And why wouldn't they, after delivering what we all came to see, a desperately needed moment of messy magic. Welcome to your second captain's World Cup bonus pod. Hey, Murph. Hey, Owen. How's it going? You want to hear how they reacted back home in Argentina? <laughs> yes, of course I do. Well, that's a stupid question to ask a man. Yeah, they were they were pretty happy. I thought the celebration on the pitch was even more emotional. I'd, I've rarely seen Messi so animated mm. as he wheeled away. And then the bit at the end where everybody else starts walking back. At some point, his teammates think, we do have to go back and complete this fixture. So they start moving back to the halfway line. But he stays there for another mm. while, <laughs> just communing with his people, soaking in the love of his country's fans. I cannot believe this used to be a complicated relationship between them. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen always, a, a sportsman so beloved now. You know? Yeah, it was always the stupidest thing in world sport. Argentinian fans a little unsure about Lionel Messi. <laughs> right, Brad, we'll have him, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus it was never like they, Christ. Yeah, it's just, does he really, is he really Argentinian? He spent a lot of time in Barcelona. Yeah. It's, all, it's all changed in recent times, though. Wow, it was just Argentina. Like, Jesus. <laughs> They'd already brought us the biggest moment of the tournament up to this point by losing to Saudi Arabia. Mm. And now they go and do this. I think it deserves a little bit of English language commentary as well. Peter Drury here on the Sports Network in Canada. They give thanks that he is one of them. They said that prayer of thanks. How often have we seen those bright, wide eyes 
of opponents the dismay that he should come and scar them. And suddenly, they're just totally free and enjoying themselves. Still only 1-0 up. They could get pegged back. But that thought mm. doesn't seem to occur to them. They're like a team full of Joey and O's all of a sudden. And that one will make <laughs> more sense to our members who heard Joey last week. But really, the weight of the world was lifted off their shoulders by Messi scoring that goal. Yeah. You know, obviously all of the... It, it was perfectly... Na- I mean, I was... Uh, shouting and roaring on the couch and I mean I'm supposed to be uh, Ireland's most famous Mexico Mexico supporter I was going to bring that up Murph Pucka one yeah I mean come on (laughs) if you're giving me uh, the choice between Mexico and Argentina for going through this group I mean it's not really much of a choice I just want to see Messi go as deep as possible in this tournament Um, so I mean if I'm roaring and shouting on the on the couch uh, in Dublin then it's only natural that Argentinians are going to get a little carried away with themselves but I, you know, sure, like the 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 weight was lifted off their shoulders, all the rest. I mean, they were still, they've st- they've still been awful, and now genuinely oh, yeah. awful for three halves of the four halves of football they've played. Uh, and especially in this having, w- so having watched the France Denmark game before that, which I thought technically was the best game of the tournament. Yeah, too, yeah, I thought yeah. they're two really good teams going at it, men at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, obviously, Mbappe, which is all you Mbappe, want. Mbappe, Mbappe thought he was going to be the star of the day. Then the Argentina Mexico game was very watchable in its just brutality yeah, but yeah, yeah. there was so much tension so little football played up until really the moment Messi scored wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, completely it was that. just it was, the whole thing was just waiting for it was kind of like a you know a basketball game where you got kind of go this is all prologue until the fourth quarter you know and so you're sitting there waiting for the game to start which is effectively Argentina when will Argentina like kind of press the button here and either go for the win and get caught on the break or go for the win and actually go and win the game. Uh, so it was. I mean, it was... See, it's again why, uh, you know, bad <laughs> games in the World Cup are still better than bad games in the Premier League because bad games at the World Cup still have this element of tension. Uh, this this kind of... Uh, the ever-lingering sense of utter devastation that is a defeat at the World Cup. And that's why nil-alls at the World Cup are so much more watchable, so much more dramatic than your average nil-all. Um, so even even though Argentina-Mexico, as you said, there's not even a whole lot of football being played. There's a lot of fouls. There's a lot of like kicks up the arse. But like <laughs> yeah. there's no, there, there wasn't a whole lot of football. But it was still absolutely riveting because like are we watching the, the night that Messi's World Cup dream actually gets ended once and for all? Uh, and then obviously the goal goes in and we get our answer. I don't know, did you catch the Vox Pop with your fellow Mexican fans on the way out, the way out of the stadium? Guys, sorry, you're live on Sky News. Your reaction to the win? Uh, we lost. Sorry, reaction to the loss and apologies. Um, I'm sorry, of course. Those were the Welsh fans on Friday, if I know. I just, I felt like that needed to be played. It's been played everywhere else. You've seen it a thousand times. But still, you know for history, Mexican... for posterity. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I need that to have also, that Sky Vox Pop with the Wales fans also to have been played on the Second Captain's <laughs> podcast because I'm sure it'll be in audio beds for a while. Uh, speaking of which, you know what those Mexican players needed at halftime? Just a little bit of Herb Reynard plus translator. Last time, Messi... At the middle of the pitch, he has the ball, you stand in front of the defense. You want to rally to go to mark him in the middle? Take your phone, you can make a picture with him if you want. Yes, but You are in front of the defense, you have nobody, he's going to follow. 
I just love how the translator stays with the manager every step of the way <laughs> yeah. emotionally. I can I can picture the translator afterwards just sheepishly going up to the player and apologising. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't mean. mean to berate you like that. Yeah. Can I just say how <laughs> much like, I admire you a, as a footballer? What a weird <laughs> position to be in, to have to follow yeah. it. Go, you fucking, yeah, step on the mess, you stop. And the visuals are amazing as well. Everyone's probably seen that clip too. It mm. is it is worth checking out some of the Saudi Arabia manager there. Then back to the Argentina again. The second goal by Enzo Fernandez, Messi. I thought that his celebration with... Imagine being Enzo Fernandez, 21 mm. years of age, fifth cap, off the bench, score a brilliant goal, and Leo Messi's cradling you in his arms like yeah. a beloved <laughs> younger brother. Just absolutely stunning. Yeah, and as I'm watching that, I, you know for sure someone else who knows how amazing that moment is, and that's Leo Messi. You know, he, he understands that. Yeah, for yeah, him, yeah, like, yeah. Like, And again, uh, Fernandez runs off into the corner, like the entire squad jump on top of him. It's a massive squad celebration. Everyone kind of has their moment. And at the end, Messi has ah, made sure it, yeah. to be the last man to say, hey, listen, you've actually done the business here, my man. Um, yeah. and uh, that alone is like like Messi understands I mean he can't not I suppose having lived with it for 20 years now um, but he understands the imprimatur of of your celebration is, or your congratulations is so much bigger than every other teammate I mean if that guy could celebrate with just Leo Messi and get rid of absolutely everyone else on the field he'd be much happier you know that's what he's trying to do for most yeah, of the celebration exactly. he's like I where really wish these lads would piss off where's Where's Leo oh, oh, come on, come on just Leo. the two of us can, can you believe it me and you Leo we're winning, <laughs> we're we're winning the World Cup together this show is messy. I really don't think Argentina are winning the World Cup, by the way. But that's something I'm going to put to our guests today. This show is messy pretty much all the way. We're going to chat to Tim Vickery. So no Ken on this particular episode of the podcast. Has he failed to recover from his midnight at the Oasis media power experience on Thursday night? The FIFA, FIFA didn't let me in. Now, they let in other Irish journalists, but they didn't let in me. So what is that? What's going on, you know? Mm. Like the, the journalist who they let in was Joe Callahan. C A. The journalist yeah. the next journalist who they rejected was Gavin Cooney, C O. And of course, down at EA, I didn't have a didn't have a chance. <laughs> so maybe the next I'm gonna have to re register myself as like Aaron Aardvark. Seriously, non-members. Ken, a few overpriced Budweiser deep, manages to come up with Aaron Aardvark. He comes up, and you're telling me you're not signing up for more World Cup content. That was quite an experience. Yeah, it was. It Thursday, really was. That well, Friday show. A uh, number of people have uh, been speaking to me uh, since about it. Uh, and many of them making the same point. You stayed very quiet. You tried your best to stay quiet so that this could be put into an audio bed as cleanly mm-hmm. as possible. And we well, I did get it. criticism from one listener who said that we, we cut him short. I, I sort of feel, no, I think three or four minutes was about the sweet yes. spot for that particular segment. But anyway, just to confirm, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with you there, Owen. Uh, I think, that that, one, yeah, I think yeah. we we squeezed that orange for all of the juice Was it two available. minutes too long? <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. He is safe and well after that, I can confirm. Has been working all weekend and he's currently on the way to see the biggest game of the group stage, Spain against Germany. He was also at France, Denmark last night. So we're going to talk to him about all that after this Spain-Germany game tonight. That's going to be 
this is what we've been doing throughout the tournament just to explain this for non-members for Monday only listeners we've been putting the shows out late it will be a late late one tonight I would imagine just because the biggest game being the last one there'll mm. be a fair bit of talk time after that match so what you should do is allow this episode you're listening to right now to keep this messy pod to keep you going before that one later on which will feature Ken if you've yet to sign up to the second captain's world service there is world cup coverage throughout the week secondcaptains.com five euro a month plus fat one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I said, Karen, it's Richard Keyes. Prehistoric banter. Please. It was just banter. Is not acceptable in a modern world. Do you have any regrets? None. There are some dark forces at work here. The eyes have it. The eyes have it. We're checking in with Tim Vickery for the first time in the World Cup itself. Tim, how are you? I'm I'm very well, and what we're we're day eight of probably aged two or three years in, in the, in the last. There's just so much of it, isn't it? There? There, there, there's so much of it. I was going to say that's just Argentina alone, you know, for whatever about Brazil and everyone else. It's just absolute. It's madness. What about Messi? What about Messi last night? Is you've seen a lot of Messi moments over the years. Is this one right up there? I think it is. Um, although always the golden rule of football is that the team makes the stars uh, and that that applies even for someone like Messi. So the question we're asking is why hasn't Argentina's team been making the star as it has been during this long unbeaten run that they were always worried was going to go wrong you know when when it when it mattered most that sense of drama and tragedy it's the country of tango after all Argentina you know there was always a fear it was going to go wrong Scaloni the coach you mentioned this when they thrashed Italy yeah. at Wembley in June he said you know Italy had a long unbeaten run and, and where are they in the World Cup and and the same applies to to Algeria as well um, so why hasn't it been happening for them as it was I mean Messi in I think three and a half games going into the World Cup had scored 10 goals what does that tell you? It tells you that the team was working for him. It tells you that the midfield, it's the heartbeat of the Argentina side, was getting the ball to him close to goal where he can do something. Now, we haven't seen that from Argentina in the two games that they've played so far for two reasons. Number one, levels difference. This is, this is a different thing from all of the matches that they've played before. And opponents have had time and they've sat down and they've looked at Argentina and thought, well, how are we going to nullify what they do? And Saudi Arabia did this wonderfully well. It's one of the great World Cup games, I think, Saudi Arabia against uh, against Argentina, because you know, so often we're, we're accustomed 
to the underdogs just hanging like a team of bats off their own crossbar and, 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 and hoping. And Saudi Arabia said, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. What do Argentina want to do? They want to pass the ball patiently around the midfield and they want to wear you down. And then they want to establish the moment just for the vital pass. We're not going to let them do it. So you know, the Saudis pushed high up the field with that risky high line. And if we were talking Brazil eight years ago, they'd have, they'd have been three down at half time. Very unfortunate for Lautaro Martinez. You know, he's now been seen as a failure. If this was eight years ago, he'd, he'd have been the for he'd Argentina. Been the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, he'd have been the first game, the first game hero. Um, so the Saudis stopped Argentina playing the kind of game that Argentina wanted to play. And Argentina, I thought, were very poor in trying to improvise a solution to this problem that, that, that the Saudis set them. So the Saudis didn't let Argentina play the game that they wanted to play. And nor really did Mexico. Mexico, who, as I'd suspected from watching them in warm-up games over the last year or so against South American opposition, I think are deeply unimpressive. That exciting side with the wingers of four years ago has, has gone. But, you know, Mexico set up with three centre-backs, three in the midfield, again, to stop Argentina playing. So that, 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 that's, this, this is one factor. Mm -hmm. The opposition are, are reading from a different script. They're not, they're not cooperating. The scoundrels. They don't seem to know what the story, the, the, the narrative is supposed to be here. But what's the other re what's the other issue then? Is it something more self-inflicted by Argentina? It is, yes. Well, firstly, the, the the absence of of Lo Celso because that midfield trio was Paredes to play the first ball out with quality, De Paul to give thrust, and Lo Celso with his subtle little passing, doing the link up with Messi. Now they said when Lo Celso pulled up in, in, injured, Scalera, Scaloni said, "We don't have a, a, a straight." replacement a like for like replacement they tried Gomez the first game they tried McAllister the second game it, it hasn't worked but the second game I thought the selection of Scaloni was very strange um, there were changes that he had to make all right I didn't understand the change at a right back I think Molina gives you much more than, than, than Montiel at this level but the bizarre change for me on Paredes is not is not 100% they brought in Guido Rodriguez who's a bit of a plank and he is someone you bring on when you want to defend a lead. Perhaps, assuming Argentina make it in the later stages, he's someone they, they bring on when you're worried about your defence. And maybe that's why he, he, he was there. But he's got, there's, no, there's nothing in his passing. There's no rhythm in his, in his passing. And the rhythm of a team starts from the back. It's so easy sometimes to blame the attacking players. But if the players from the back are coming forward, bringing out the ball, committing opponents and then playing the pass. That makes things so much easier. And you could see Messi becoming frustrated with Rodriguez. You know, he's saying to Rodriguez, now bring it forward, commit someone. They finally take him off. On comes Enzo Fernandez mm -hmm. and that's the goal. Now it's easy to overlook this in all of the messy moment, messy moment, messy moment. Look at the goal that Argentina scored. Yeah, it's a clever little pass from, from Di Maria and a wonderful finish from Messi. But who gives Di Maria the ball? It's Enzo Fernandez, 20 yards higher up than Guido, Guido Rodriguez had been. So he's higher up. You've got rhythm. You've, 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 you've got the ball moving quickly. So that, that was the absolute key change in the game. And it's easy to talk about the moments you know, Messi's finish and Enzo Fernandez's wonderful second goal. 
But the most important thing is Enzo Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez coming on for the first goal. Right. And, and, and there you get a little glimpse of what Argentina wants to bring to the table. Rhythm, passing, the ball fizzing in the opposition half of the field. And we hadn't been seeing that while, uh, while Rodriguez was on the field. That's very interesting because we were making the point afterwards that after Fernandez scored his goal, the celebration was very interesting. They were all they all mobbed him, obviously, but then <clears throat> Messi gave him some one-on-one time afterwards and was really going to town on the like cradling this guy. It was really, really nice. Uh, but and having just heard the context you put on it, there's a, there's even more to it than that. He obviously thinks this guy can help me win my World Cup here. Yeah, this guy is going to start in the third game against Poland, mm, isn't he? You know, sure. you got to because yeah. you you could play him as the holding. Or you could play him as as, as Lo Celso. you know. So there's two positions available for him for him him to come into. Uh, so uh, you know he's he's playing against Poland. Do you think that he can give them what uh, the lack of the absence of Lo Celso has taken away from them? Uh, like, is he an exact like for like? I mean, you're you're kind of saying you're answer, you've already answered the question in a way, but will he be asked to play the Lo Celso role? And is he actually of a high enough quality to do that to the extent that Argentina are now contenders again? I think it probably depends on depends on the, on the fitness of, of Paredes. Because uh, if, if Paredes is fit, then I think he comes up back and plays his role. And then Fernandez plays a Lo Celso role. If Paredes isn't fit, then I think Fernandez plays the uh, plays the, the deeper role in, in the in the in the triangle. What about- I can't believe he's got, I can't believe he'll start with Gideon Rodriguez again yeah. in a game that they can draw. They can if the other result goes their way, but obviously they, they want to win. You know, and there's a good chance they top the group if they win. So uh, I can't believe they'll, they'll they'll go with they'll start with Guido Rodriguez again. You told us, Tim, in the preview show, the World Cup preview show you did with Ken, that once Leo Messi started to talk as an Argentina player in the last few years, it's hard to shut him up. And it seemed to be that way yesterday. He was leading this, the celebrations in the dressing room. He was talking. He did a big speech in the dressing room, apparently. He was talking to the media afterwards. This guy's just had a personality transplant in recent times. Yeah, now he's discovered the value of talking, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, this talking thing's all right, isn't it? Let's do some more of that. <laughs> what do you think of that? Is that is that a big part of why they're doing what they they were able to recover yesterday? Or is it more just the genius in the boots, the fact that he can pull out a moment on the pitch like he's doing? Does it actually matter one way or the other that he's he's giving more of himself off the field? No, I think it's mattered hugely. Yeah. Um, so this this Argentina side over over the period of, of three and a half years now, I think it, I think it's it's made a huge difference. Remember, we are dealing with a rookie coach. You know, we're dealing with a coach with no previous senior coaching experience of any kind. It's it's bizarre that it's gone right to the extent that that that, it, that it's gone right, mm. uh, and uh, it wouldn't have happened without Messi being on board when Scaloni when he first came in. It was all fast transitions, fast transitions. Uh, and it only lasted one competitive game, their Copa America opener against Colombia in 2019. So since then, it, it's, been a, it's been a collegiate approach. I know Scaloni's got, he's got the likes of Walter Samuel and Pablo Aymar in that coaching staff. But I, I think the, the, the opinions and the inputs and now the group management of Messi, mm-hmm. I think it, it are extra, extraordinarily important. Because you know, you imagine yourself in the shoes of all the younger players coming into the coming into the squad, and there's Messi there. What's the only thing that you want to do in a training session? <laughs> you want to win his respect. Yeah, get a bit of praise off him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all you want. 
And if he's quiet and, and reserved and something, and you're not really sure if 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 you've won his respect, that has an inhibiting if inhibiting effect. So him being outgoing and vocal and encouraging. I, I remember after the, the Copa America in 2019, Di Maria saying to the Argentine media, "I like this Messi." And remember, you know, they've, they've been together for 15 years before that, you know. So uh, Di Maria felt the change. And I think the, the, the change has been very, very beneficial to, to, to the squad as a whole. I have to say, though, Tim, I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know if they can go. What, what do you mean by do it? Well, win the World Cup. I oh, mean, no, just, no. You don't think so? No. Because just emotionally, like, maybe tactically, this happens with teams. They stumble onto personnel-wise, like you're saying, they, they sort of stumble into the right formula and that can help. But it feels like they've already gone to the well massively t- in two games and it's quite a concerted period of time. It just feels like there's a they're already carrying a lot of baggage into the rest of the tournament, notwithstanding the fact they got over the line yesterday. What script are we following? Are we following Italian 90 or mm. 2002? And the parallels with both are fantastic, you know, because 2002, the previous Asia World Cup, they turn up as as big favourites. You know, them and France are the favourites. It's under Bielsa. But they're just not fit enough to do at the end of the season. They're not fit enough to play the Bielsa game. And uh, although they control possession in the three games that they played, they didn't create very much. And they went into the last game against European opposition, having won, won one and lost one. And a 1-1 draw with Sweden eliminates them in a the group phase. So that, that's the 2002 script. The 1990 script, the huge shock in, the, in the, the opening game when they lose to Cameroon, which was a far bigger shock then than it, than it would be now. But they managed to battle their way through and grit their way through and they get all the way to the final. Now, that team's really important in Argentine folklore, 1990. You know, the, the World Cup that we had over here in Brazil eight years ago, all those visiting Argentine hordes the song that they were singing non-stop, it was an adaptation of Bad Moon Rising, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Mm. And the lyrics were all about 1990. You know, <laughs> They're not singing about 78 when they won for the first time. They're not singing about 86 when Diego Maradona hit the heights. They're singing about 1990. You know, So that idea of having to do it the hard way, having to mm. take the scenic route, they love that. You know? So it, 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 it's the country of tango. You know? So th- th- there has to be a, a, a dark tragedy in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the desperation of the romance. So some of them will like it even more, you know, having, to, uh, uh, having to do it that way. I, know, I was talking to, to someone, Chris Sutton, yesterday about they'll want to avoid France. In the, if it's France, bring it on. You know, they want to be champions. They're going to have to beat France at some stage. Let's beat them now. You don't think it's going to happen, though? You said you don't think it's going to happen. What, for them to win the World yeah. Cup? Yeah. I can't see it. I, I was always doubtful about the defensive unit. Mm. That, that, that's always the reason that I've, I've placed Brazil higher than Argentina. Uh, I, I, I thought that the semifinals would be the limit of, of Argentina. And although the defensive unit stood up very well against, uh, against Mexico, um, the Mexicans do look deeply, deeply unimpressive, yeah. really unimpressive. And, you know, the worrying signs were there against, against the Saudis when Argentina had to, had, had to push up and, uh, and were punished. And the fellow you, you thought of as being their senior centre-back, Romero, they had to take him out. You know, they thought that the absence of football in recent times had had a negative effect and he wasn't good on either of the two goals. Um, so... Against an Mbappé and so on, you know, against the firepower that the really big hitters can bring against them, 
can you see that defence holding up? I, I I can't really. So uh, I'll be I'll, I'll be very surprised if 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 they go all the way. But now they've got a little bit of momentum. Mm-hmm then um, different game, different game. And I can't see Poland. I know Poland, I expect Poland will be very negative. Draw draw is enough for Poland. But Poland, what we've seen so far, they look slow in in midfield. Now, I can't see Poland able to to do what the Saudis did to them, for example, to stop them playing in, in, in midfield. I think it's more likely that Argentina, especially with Enzo Fernandez in, in from the start, will be able to establish some kind of some kind of, of midfield rhythm. And uh, well, if they get into the knockout stage, then you never know. They're in the fight and they will certainly consider themselves right in, in, in the fight. But after what we've seen, I'm always reluctant to, to judge teams on the first game, but after you've seen two, I I can't see them go, I can't see them going all the way. What about Brazil, Tim? You mentioned them there. They've got Switzerland. That's the four o'clock Monday game, Irish time. Is is Neymar yesterday's news? Does anyone care about his injury one way or the other? Is it all about Richarlison now in Brazil? Well, Richarlison needs to be set up, doesn't he? And he's not going to score goals on his own. He's 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 got to he's got to receive the service. Uh, Neymar is is always dev- divisive in, in in Brazil, and. He's made himself especially divisive with the political stance that he, that he took mm-hmm. uh, when he, I think they'd kind of had a pact in the Brazil side not to play up political affiliations. And I don't know if that was a formal pact. I don't know. But certainly if it was, Neymar broke it by coming out so publicly for, for Bolsonaro and saying that he would dedicate the first goal he scored in the World Cup to Bolsonaro. Uh, I think that was a huge error. Um, firstly, it just puts him in terrain that he's not fit to. You know, this is this is a fellow who a few weeks ago in a Spanish court says he just signs the papers that his dad puts in front of him. Mm-hmm. No, he's now putting himself in in political territory that I don't think he's at this stage in his life. I- Although it is it is funny though, it's because on the one hand we praise players when they say things that maybe we would agree with you know what I mean and and like Harry Kane and the likes have been criticised for not coming out the rainbow all that stuff which we've covered quite a bit uh, but the other hand because you know the three of us on this call wouldn't agree with what Bolsonaro stands for is it a little bit hypocritical to say well he should just don't talk about politics shut up and dribble you know well no it, it's a fair point but it does mean that he then leaves himself two things firstly he leaves himself open open to question how has a country with 3% of the world's population had suffered 11% of COVID deaths? Mm-hmm. Does he have an answer to that? He, he has made him, he, he's left himself open to that debate. He can't run away from that debate. And he, he can never now say that, oh, this is politics. It doesn't match with sport. Once he said he's going he's gonna to dedicate the first goal mm-hmm. to Bolsonaro, he, he has placed the team as a political vehicle in a way that I think is, is, is unwise. If he's capable of arguing his position to a high level, I haven't seen anything in him that leads me to that conclusion. Then, okay, fair enough. But he's brought everyone into that. He's brought the team into that. Um, so I, I, I think that, that was a mistake. And obviously that leads people, because he's now upset, a majority. And what he said looks even worse, you know, in the, in, in the light of, all right, it's one thing for us not to like Bolsonaro. It's another four weeks after the election uh, for not to have a, a formal concession of defeat. 
and lots of chicanery to try and overturn the, 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 the election results. You know, that, that leads one to the conclusion that whatever you might think about the political line, we're dealing with a bad faith actor. And, and a bad faith actor in, in democracy is a very, very dangerous, very, very dangerous thing. Isn't, is, are Neymar and his teammates really up to discussing this on a high level? They've placed themselves of their own will and accord, of his own will and accord. He has placed himself in that situation, a situation that I think he would have been better avoiding. If he wants to, to, to vote for candidate A, B or C, perfect. But he's gone well, well beyond that. And he's taken that onto the field of play, saying he's going to dedicate a goal. So, you know, you're 30. You know what you're doing, or do you? And obviously that, that, that's upset people. And there have been some here saying that the team are better without Neymar. Really? It's gone that far, has it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this is, in my view, clearly wrong. I actually think underneath it all i think that there's there's a decent human being in neymar i don't i don't think he's a he's he's a bad lot um certainly his teammates with brazil like him uh and they see him as someone who's prepared to give for for the cause um but the idea that the team are better off without him i i think is is entirely wrong and and it, it it's a it's a wrong-headed application of a political dispute to, to what he brings to the team in a footballing sense. So because of the politics, which is why I've, I've had to go through it, mm. there's been much less made of his injury than there would have been in previous, world, in previous World Cups. And the idea that the team flies without him and so on, I'm not so sure. What's your argument against that on a footballing point of view? That yeah, What does he still bring that nobody else can to that Brazil team? They have rammed the squad full of wide strikers. Rammed it. There's, 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 you know, it's almost as if, you know, it would be great if, uh, remember that three-dimensional chess that Mr. Spock used to play on Star Trek? <laughs> you know, if the team, if, if the pitch could have four wings, it would be great. You know, if it have wings on different, different levels, that would be fantastic. But it's only got two. And wingers don't win games on their own. You, you win a game through the centre of the field because someone has, has to take defenders out, out of the game and slip the pass for the wingers. And that's Neymar. He, he is the most important part of the attack. He's, he is a magnificent footballer. Magnificent footballer. Uh, and the injuries to both him and Danilo, it, re it really is a punishment because it hits the squad in the two places that were the mini controversies of the call-up. The absence of Roberto Firmino and the inclusion of Daniel Alves. Firmino, they ended up, like, he just couldn't ignore Martinelli. So he brought in Martinelli, left out Firmino. Yet another wide striker. In that false nine role, Firmino is the best replacement that they've got for, uh, for Neymar. You know, it's a kind of false nine to slip passes through for, for, for the wingers. They haven't got him. Rodrigo of Real Madrid, they see him as a future. And he's a, he's a wonderful, but that future, is it, is it going to come now? And if it comes now, is, is, that, is that premature? But there might not be place for, for, for anyone in the side because they had always imagined going against Serbia with the ultra-attacking lineup and against the Swiss, who they rate as better and more balanced, bringing in Fredji. Mm. 
in one way, it solves them a problem because for bringing in Fergie, someone's going to have to leave. And that was going to be Vinicius Jr. You're going to take out Vinicius Jr. after, after, after <laughs> what he did now. So uh, possibly the most logical thing now is, all right, you bring in Fredge and Lucas Paqueta just moves up and becomes Neymar. Now he's got the passing, but he doesn't have the speed. He's not, he's not going to take two or three out with, with, with a dribble. You've got Rodrigo in reserve who can do that. Now, the complicating factor here is Daniel Alves because they are well aware that if you play Daniel Alves, you've got to play Fredji. Otherwise, you're left with a right side of Daniel Alves, Paqueta and Hafinha. Now, that brings back horrible memories of the left side in the last World Cup. Right. Marcelo, Felipe Coutinho, Neymar. No one was defending. That's where Belgium came at them. So that they are well aware that if you're going to play Daniel Alves, Fredji has to play. So if they want to keep this ultra-attacking formation, they can do it. They can do it with Paqueta bringing in Rodrigo into the team. That means that Eda Militão has to play at right back. That's possible. They then really... Uh, 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 leave themselves open to criticism. Why on earth are you taking Daniel Alves as your backup right back if the right back gets injured and he doesn't play? You could have taken Firmino. So it's, uh, it, mm. it's a fascinating one for the balance of the side. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to find out what he, what he does against yeah. the Swiss. Brilliant. Listen, Tim, I'm more of a Star Trek Next Generation man, so if you could give me a Commander Riker reference next time, I'll, I'll <laughs> run with it even more. <laughs> Tim, great stuff. Listen, enjoy. Thanks a million. Pleasure. Thank you. It happened to be on the dart. It's time to get busy this motherfucker. Like we always do about this time. Okay, I'm going to reveal a piece of information now. Well, I, haven't, I haven't smoked a cigarette in four days. <laughs> What I'm saying is this guy, cheer up. How about you wake up? Last time I took the dart, I was over to split. Wake up. Wake up to what's happening in the, in the world. Hey, Pat, do you want to split? All right, Murph, listen, we can't hang around here all day. Croatia versus Canada isn't going to watch itself. Can John Herdman's boys do a job on Luka Modric? Ooh. It's the kind of question one only ever asks once every four years. <laughs> well, I'm asking, I've staked my professional reputation on John Herdman's boys putting one over on Luka Modric. So, uh, yes, I will be. I'm, I'm pulling for Canada in this one, I think. Well, you were supposed to be pulling for Mexico in the tournament and you forgot about that once... It's a movable feast. The slightest feast, obstacle came up. Yeah, it's a movable feast. Come on, Canada, Mexico. There was somebody else as well. You're just uh, supporting a lot of teams. You're, you're spreading it. You're spreading it thick. Or I, spreading got, it thin, I got Brazil in a in um in a sweepstake. Oh, but I mean, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bother about that until we're, like the quarterfinal stage, and then I'll remember that I've got like ninety quid rolling on it. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thanks so much for listening. The Second Captain's Podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Don't forget to sign up now for ad-free World Cup pods right through the week. Our next show is not going to be too... You're not going to have to wait too long for it, really. We're going to be bringing you reaction to Spain, Germany later on on Sunday night. A lot of you might be listening to that one on Monday morning. We'll leave you for now with the classic of the genre of Argentinian footballers raising the roof in the dressing room. It's Maradona and the boys of 86.
American captains. World service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.